Alright, welcome back to Sigma Talks. This is part two in for our marketing research process and I wanted to go over some things that I actually forgot to uh, talk about just because I had it in my notes and then I didn't read it thoroughly enough. But you know, some things that you want to keep in mind when and you'll hear like my notebook flip pages, my pages flip. Yeah. But some things to keep in mind when doing the marketing research is to really determine if you have enough time and money. I suggested earlier that you want to do a funnel approach from qualitative to quantitative but if you have like less time then generally you want to have more of a faster approach and this includes a lot of quantitative work instead of qualitative and this allows you to get surveys out quicker and also receive input quicker but then you know there's always pros and cons with that additionally with money you know some techniques are actually more cheaper than others surveys are definitely more cheaper than idis or focus groups and ethnographies but otherwise you know you really just have to determine your budget and time constraint but otherwise you know if you're given three months and you know a lot of money then you could definitely do the funnel work and include both qualitative and quantitative work but essentially, I also forgot to mention that you want to do your secondary research. This allows you to uh, look at the information that answers another person's like management problem or research objectives, or perhaps it's a census or it's you know information about the population that you're interested in with a different research objective, but it's also able to be repositioned into your marketing research process. And so some ways you can find secondary research is through databases, the census, you know, those are created every 10 years and you can look at the information because it's collected for the whole population. You also have internal databases, as I mentioned before, the data, the data and mining um, analysis that you can do for your own big data. You can look at financial records, your CRM, or you can also just have third party suppliers as well who has uh, databases and information about uh, the population or perhaps you go to Statista or uh, you go to Hoover's, uh, I think it's DB and Hoover's, things like that. And some advantages with secondary research is that, you know, it's obtained quickly. Uh, re relatively inexpensive readily available and it doesn't require access to subjects but there's also cons with it as well such as uncertainty of the accuracy uh, lack of availability it could be outdated or not credible without analysis and so those are just some of the pros and cons and the one thing that you know could be like amazing is sometimes the secondary research even like answers the management problem and research objectives for you already and so you just kind of have to see you know what the research says now some ways that companies use databases is uh, some objectives such as identifying the prospects to increase loyalty give certain customers particular offers or avoid uh, serious consumer mistakes and in general you want to just have it assist you in understanding the population in a whole and provide your own research so I would say like kind of like look at secondary research with like what's the term I forgot exactly what like don't take it as fact but just like 
remember it because it, it, it definitely helps. So with one of the research uh, designs, you also have another method that I didn't talk about and it's observation, right? Now there's observation methods such as direct versus indirect. You have overt versus covert, structured versus unstructured, insight versus invented, and machine versus human. And so the observation methods is techniques where researchers rely on their observation rather than communicating with a person to obtain that information. And most of the time, I had done observations where it was uh, over and indirect, but also unstructured. And so it was, you know, mostly me just at my convenience there at a store for an hour and taking notes on what I thought was interesting. And you really want to use observation when you have a short time interval or, you know, it's public behavior or there's new products or perhaps even a faulty recall condition. And you can observe several things such as what people are saying, the physical languages that are happening, perhaps their expression, the geographic information, the internet activities, and also physical distribution. And some advantages with observation is that you have better accuracy because you're actually viewing uh, prospects and consumers, but also employees to see what's right or what's done right and what's done wrong. You know, it costs less, but you also get insight to actual behavior, as I just said. But of course, there's always disadvantages, which may include that you're not able to probe deeper with the consumer because you're not actually talking to them. You're just observing and you can't really tell what they're thinking or feeling. Now, ethnographies are the same thing, but except, you know, you actually talk with them. So it's observation, uh, IDIs and focus group all on the same thing or all within the same thing. And it's actually based out of anthropology, you know, which is the study of what makes human human. And you generally have observation, uh, IDI, and then the last piece is a artifact of what the ethnography is all about, right? So an artifact is something that you gain from the ethnography that essentially symbolizes what the consumers are thinking how they feel essentially kind of like a summary for it all and some uses for the ethnography is to be explorative explorative to immerse yourself and be the consumer to uncover true cons consumer behaviors and attitudes and understand the customer journey and it's generally good for new product development customer service improvement brand ident identification uh, to develop customer profiles communication message development and if you want to be successful in ethnographies you know there are several tips that I'm going to list that will help you with just that and it's to just watch blend in dress the part listen dedicate time be patient and be flexible and so now that we've done ethnographies let's move on to focus groups so when you recruit for focus groups, you want to generally have a list or go through social media and see who's interested. And usually, you know, you want more than one focus group, of course. Two is good, you know, but the more the merrier. There are some companies that even does like 12 focus groups. So you really want to put in the work and make sure that your results are accurate. 
And when you're creating your discussion guide, which is for the focus group or the IDIs, you know, you can use the same one for IDIs and focus groups, uh, but just relatively different questions. You want it to, in a way, have a funnel approach, but in a way, kind of to screen them. But screening is more for the survey process. But generally, when you do the focus groups, you want to have an icebreaker. It is an icebreaker allows you to create an environment where consumers feel comfortable talking about whatever topic you have in mind, right? And so, if, you know, take for example the Whole Foods um, project that I did. We asked consumer, "Oh, what's your number one go-to item in the grocery store?" <coughs> Excuse me. What's the item that you can never live with, you know, from the grocery store? So those are just some questions that we asked as an icebreaker. And then we move on to general warm-up questions. And this is, you know, relatively like from A to B. And we start asking questions such as uh, what, uh, what retailers do you shop at? And we don't give away, you know, the number one thing that we want to know right away. We just want to have a general warm-up and also just understand where they shop. And we ask, uh, what are certain things that you look for when choosing a place where to shop? And we don't go directly into asking about Whole Foods. After the general warm up, that's when we go into specific projective questions. And this is when we're asking more about Whole Foods. And then we go into concept, right? Where we actually talk about Whole Foods as well. And so we began asking, well, if you know, a student discount was available at Whole Foods, would you shop there? Were you aware that Prime members get discounts when shopping at Whole Foods? Did you know that Amazon does return for, or Whole Foods do re return for Amazon? Things like that that are way more specific, but also, you know, answers our research objectives. And the number one thing I want to keep in mind here is that you want to make sure that the questions you ask relates back to the research objectives and the management problem, but it also allows you to have answers that can move you forward. And that's really important. But anyways, that's just a bit about some qualitative techniques. I hope you enjoy this part too, and I will see you back later.